Welcome to Small Business Celebration. We're continuing our series on small business owners who are getting the move on. And our guest this week, well, she is the therapy your business needs to grow a strong and profitable business. This is Small Business Celebration. Welcome, where we chat with real business owners who have real success and learn from them about what works, what doesn't, and who want you to know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel and it's not a train. Join us where you can learn something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. Welcome to Small Business Celebration, and our guest this week is Joan Nolden, a licensed marriage family therapist. Welcome to Small Business Celebration. Thank you. For visioners who don't know who you are, who are you, and what is it that you do? My name is Joan Nolden. I'm a licensed marriage family therapist and a board-certified trauma specialist. I'm in private practice, and what I do is coach families, coach couples, children, that are teenagers, my favorite group. I help businesses with transition, succession, family businesses, and I volunteered with court-appointed special advocates of Kern County for over 30 years. And for those of you who are in Kern County, you may know by the better name of CASA, and it's a fantastic organization. And why did you get involved with CASA in the first place? I had a number of friends, Terry Foley, Colleen McGauley, and they began CASA with Judge Anspa and Grace Nozaki. And because they were friends, they asked me to join. I didn't know what I was getting into, <laughs> but I'm always game for something new. Right. So in the time I taught 36 of the volunteer classes, and I've helped coach them through many mental health issues that children and parents have. What got you into therapy in the first place? Well, that's pretty simple. I grew <laughs> up in a very dysfunctional family. You were trying to figure out what was wrong with your absolutely. family? Absolutely. <laughs> and if I could escape in some way. So I started teaching high school special education, did mm -hmm. that on a substitute basis for seven years, and did not like the paperwork mm -hmm. that was involved with that, right. but liked working with people and helping people find a better way to live their life. So I went back and got my graduate degree in psychology and became a licensed marriage family therapist. There's a lot of conceptions about therapy and uh, we were talking a little bit about this uh, off camera before the conversation that everybody seems to blame their mother. Yes, indeed, <laughs> they do. And this is cliche, but how, how often is this the case? Probably on um, first-time clients, it comes out whether they say it directly or they just give me the information. Mm. The old it quacks, it swims, it's got feathers, first name's Donald, pretty easily to tell it's a mother. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so that comes out. But I liken it to buying some tools at Home Depot or Lowe's, mm -hmm. and you walk out with the tools you're given. And if they don't work, you can either go back to the source and yell and scream at them, or you can learn to get a new tool. Uh. So it isn't about where you came from, it's about what you're going to do with it and where you're going. And that's the key right totally. there, where you're going. 
we are in a rather tumultuous time right now, dealing with COVID and, and everything else that's been going with it. This has been a rather difficult time, not just for people in general, whether they be employed or a business owner or not, but also it's been rather taxing on the, on the, the, the family counseling industry as well. Yes, it has. Um, I have a number of friends, and of course I'm no spring chicken, so they're older, and all but one of them have retired in the mm. last two years because of the mental health strains, the telehealth issues of learning how to do communication in a new venue, and the confidentiality, the privacy, loss of family members, fear of the vaccine, the politics, the list goes on and on. But there is now a shortage of mental health practitioners and there are even stronger mental health issues going on for our country, our county, and in fact the world now. How have you dealt with COVID and the, for lack of a better term, the onslaught of patients that have come your way? In the beginning, we all thought it was the plague. And so for the first three months, I shifted to 100% telehealth. Mm -hmm. And then I began to make accommodations for people that needed to do in-person therapy. Mm -hmm. And I do a treatment called eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. What's e that? EMDR. It is a bilateral stimulation of both hemispheres of the brain while you process a trauma. Hmm. Does about six months worth of therapy in an hour and a half. Wow. And I don't find that doing that by telehealth is appropriate because as people work through traumas, sometimes they fall apart. And being in person allows me to use the other skills I have to help a person recompose gain a hold of themselves and heal through it. Doing that over telehealth, I just don't trust. I would also guess that doing it over the internet in front of a computer monitor, you miss a lot of the nonverbal cues that you get when you're in person with somebody. That's interesting. I've done a lot of thought on that. With clients that I already had a relationship with in person, I pretty well could read the bodily cues, but new clients were not a good fit to begin by telehealth mm. because I didn't know their body cues and there wasn't a whole body picture of them to be able to understand whether they're telling the truth, whether they're afraid, all kinds of things about them. So with new clients, I prefer to do that only in person at least three times. Hmm. Being a business owner can be a very lonely business because the business owner is, is top of the hill. They're having to make a lot of decisions on incomplete data and incomplete information that affects not just them, but their families, their employees, their employees' families. And it can be a rather lonely place to be. How do you help business owners work through that? I've done a lot of coaching and communication building 
in the businesses that I've coached and particularly family-owned businesses that mm. are dealing with succession and favorite child, golden child, scapegoat child. So I do a lot of education in what those roles are pretty standardly in any family. And once they understand that they are not the only odd ones in the universe, but there is a collection of oddities right. that's familiar, they can relax and not take it so personally. One of the things that I joke about a lot here on Small Business Celebration is, is I'm an extrovert on TV. In reality, I'm very much an introvert. And I find there's a lot of business owners that are also in that camp as well. They get into business to solve a problem or a solution to something, to provide a product or a service. And then they find out, oh, gee, they have to sell. They have all these other responsibilities to, 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 as a business owner as well. How do you help business owners work through that and, and, and be able to digest it and be able to, to not get overwhelmed and be able to take it through step by step so they can actually do what they want to do. One of the things that I do with family-owned businesses and businesses that I coach is give them the Myers-Briggs hmm. test and what that does is tell your personality, it doesn't say if you're smart or dumb, so it takes that off the table, right. but it gives us a language to talk about what kind of ways you are in the world and how you perceive things. I also do it with couples because I find the number one problem between couples and businesses is the extrovert-introvert equation. And once I coach them through knowing who they are, what they are is okay, and how to deal with someone who is not the way they are, right. then we have a common language that isn't accusatory, it's more objective. If visioneers want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? I have a website that's Joan Nolden Counseling. I have... How do you spell Joan Nolden? J-O-A-N-K-N-O-W L D E N. And then my phone number is 661 342 1868. And since COVID, that phone number is also a text message, mm -hmm. and I can check that very rapidly. So texting is about the best way to get a hold of me. And if you enjoy Small Business Celebration, go ahead and like, subscribe, and notify, and leave a comment. In fact, we're going to be talking in the next segment about overworking and being a workaholic as a business owner when we come right back. Do you want the lowest standard of care for your health? Wellness care is about reversing and preventing illness. Do you want to be managed by sick care or do you want to thrive from your health care? Call Dr. Hugh Beatty, MD, the wellness doc at 661-395-0315 or visit him at hughbeatty.com and discover how you can transition from managed sick care to thriving with wellness care. Discover your wellness program that can help you get well, reduce and or eliminate the number of medications you're taking and feel alive again. Call the wellness doc at 661-395-0315 or visit him at hubay.com and get better. Call 661-395-0315 or visit him at h-u-g-h-b-e-a-t-t-y.com.
I'm here with Joan Nolden, a licensed marriage family therapist, and our visionary question comes from Mandy who asks, my wife and I own a business together, but I think she works too hard and the business is consuming too much of her life. Is there any way I can help her see that she needs to slow down before she gives herself an ulcer? Okay, so one of the things that defines an addiction is if you do some behavior or some substance repeatedly and it begins to cause problems in a relationship, mm. you're told about it and you continue to do it. Ah. That's the quick and dirty definition of an addiction. Mm. So when someone is addicted to something, they are the only ones that can choose a different path and the spouse or significant other of that person has the ability to tell them how it is affecting them, but they have to remember that they didn't cause it and they cannot control it. So there are two things they can do. They can hound, nag, beg, plead, threaten, none of divorce. No, none of them work successfully. Or they can begin to create a life that looks enchanting and interesting to the other person uh, that they will do with or without them. Ah, uh, that's the key. That's the key. To draw them away from what is paying their pocketbook well, but not their heart and their relationships. Is this sort of like the Ebenezer Scrooge idea in, in you know, Christmas Carol? where he's showing the three ghosts that come and show what life is, was like, what life is like, and what life could be like if he changed his methodology and the way he did things. It is very much like that, and the partner needs to remember that if they become the critical person of all the things, they will be the last person to be drawn to that. Mm. So they need to be enchanting and devious in their ways to make their <laughs> life look desirable and draw the other person. And as I tell people all the time, do all of the things you need to to get yourself right and the other person will either fall in or fall out. There it is. As a therapist, you need time away from people, need yes. time away from the practice. What is it that you do? For me, I need time where I'm not required to speak. Mm. So the first thing I found is yoga. Mm. And it is much like a massage and a meditation at the same time. I do restorative or yin yoga. I don't do the athletic yoga mm. because I need peace and quiet and meditation. And then the other thing that I like to spend my off time with Grandkids, they always lighten my mood. Sure. And then anything to do with the ocean. I collect mm. rocks and sea glass and watch animals. My nephew has a fishing boat, so I try and take advantage of that. So anything to do with the ocean soothes my soul. What have your trips to the ocean and being on your nephew's sailing boat, fishing boat, excuse me, what have those things taught you that you've applied to your business? Introspection, mm -hmm. peace, and meditation is the number one way to actually change the neural pathways of our brain. How so? 
it, uh, the meditation, if you do it 10 minutes a day, and mm -hmm. that can be in two-minute increments, over 10 years, you will change the neuroplasticity and revitalize your brain to make it approximately 10 years younger than when you started. Really? Yes. It is also one of the best healers for Alzheimer's and dementia. It won't stop the disease, right. but it will make the journey much calmer for the individual suffer, suffering with those mental illnesses. So you have the business owner that is up at four o'clock in the morning and stops at eight or nine at night and just go, 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 go. And, and what suggestions do you have for the business owner that is trying to take that break but needs that meditation time? How do you, how do you help that business owner say, when and where and how you go about taking those two-minute breaks. So we talk about what their day is mm. and fit it into the schedule. And one of the quick and easy ways that I do is that you meditate when you're brushing your teeth. And what is meditation for, for those two minutes? For that time, it's mindfulness, which is what meditation is all about. Mm. And that is consciousness in what you're doing that favorite places of consciousness, the three favorite, are brushing your teeth, doing dishes, and eating, where you are conscious <laughs> of each bite you take, count how many chews you have, and if you're focusing all that, the garbage and the lists are a step uh, away. So if you take the moment as you're brushing your teeth to feel the brush, that's being present in the moment. Yes, and that counts as a meditation. Additionally, I teach the sniper breath, What's which that? is one of the branches of yoga is called pranayama, which is breathing exercises for different reasons. Mm -hmm. One of them is to breathe in to a count of four, hold it to a count of seven, breathe out to a count of eight, hold it to a count of four, and begin again. Mm. And it's the sniper breath because snipers pull the trigger on the last hold. Ah. So they have exhaled, they've cleared their mind, and they're not moving because they're not breathing in or out. Three of those can stop the adrenaline rush we have from the busyness of our lives, stop that progression in our body, and stop the progression of cortisol, which is the stress hormone, and calm our minds and bodies. But there's been a point in your business life as a therapist where you've had to take a whole bunch of those two-minute meditations that affect is, affects the way that you make decisions today. What happened? Okay, taking a deep breath to begin it was a turning point in my career. I was going to work with children and do testing and have a delightful psychology life. And then someone I was working with in the very beginning of my career turned me into the licensing board because she didn't like my clients liking me is exactly what she well, said. You were doing too good of a job. Apparently, and that gave me research into what happens to people when they're doing well 
and other people want to take them on, mm -hmm. which is when I learned two things. The first one is the word Schadenfreude. It's Austrian and it means deriving pleasure out of other people's misery. Mm -hmm. And then the other one is the poppy syndrome. Poppy syndrome. If you look at a field of poppies, they're gorgeous, and then you see one that grows taller than the rest, there's a compulsion to cut it off. Really? Yes. And so when people are most successful, they also develop a target on their back. But that was a year that changed the whole course of my career. In that year that happened, my parents were killed by a man on PCP. Mm. My office burned down. My husband had a heart attack and I developed cancer the first time. Wow. So from that point on, my shift has been to trauma. Mm. As a therapist, do you have a therapist? Absolutely. He lives in Cambria now. He just moved with COVID. So you can go to the ocean. Absolutely, and, <laughs> and see my therapist. therapist. <laughs> it, it can't get better than that, I'll tell you. <laughs> and as, you, as you've gone through your journey, have, have you always had a therapist to, to talk to? Because you, you hear a lot of problems, and it can get rather daunting on you. I, I'm guessing, is this a way that you can relieve some of that steam yourself and be able to work through some of those problems so they don't become baggage of your own? It's been twofold. I have him, mm -hmm. and he is my EMDR therapist. EMDR? Eye movement, desensitization, and reprocessing. It's a trauma treatment, so he's been primarily that. And then for 15 years, I was part of a group of women, 10 women. Many were therapists, but nurses, housewives, all kinds of people that were supportive in a place to safely process life. So like with any other business owner, yes, you have found your own networking group. Absolutely. We created it and it served a purpose for raising children and finding our way in our professions. When we come back, we're going to talk about how you can help your employees deal with a very sensitive topic that everybody is dealing with tangentially together. The reason we're here with Joan Nolden is because of a visioneer question that came from a visioneer just like you. We had a visioneer that reached out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram and wanted to find out, I've got a spouse that has delved too deep into the business. Well, maybe that's you. So if you've got a question, you've got a thought, something you'd like to learn about, reach out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram today. I'm here with Joan Nolden, a licensed marriage family therapist, and our visionary question comes from James who asks, I have several employees that have become fixated on the situation in Ukraine. Normally, they are good employees, but their fixation is affecting their work, and I'm afraid their home lives. Is there anything I can do to help them? Yes, I've noticed in the last three years the fixation has moved from Trump and Biden to COVID to vax or non-vax that people are using social media primarily to convince or to proselytize whatever their viewpoint is. Right. So in a teen group that I've led, 
I put a basket by the door and they put their phones in the basket to be taken out when there's a break because that is the primary source of provocation of discussions and postings and all of the things that bring it to a boil. So if they just leave, their computers some, but not so much, mm. but their phones are in alignment with their political views right. or their anxiety. Mm. And so if they put that down and don't have it at their desk, they do a better job of breathing, working, and paying attention to what's in front of them and not triggering the flight fight response, mm. which is what happens. These are tumultuous times, or at least they appear to be tumultuous times. How would you suggest an employer or a business owner goes through and helps their employees work through that and by extension their families as well. So one of the ways that I've done in supporting businesses is have a once a week, once a month, it depends on what's going on, scheduled in person half an hour meeting at lunch and provide them lunch and talk about what's going on and what they need from the company or their boss. Mm. And generally people will say it, and the number one complaint of all business employees is that they don't get evaluated or out of boys, out of girls. And so in that half an hour, it's asking them what they need and then giving them praise or notice for what they do. Or simple acknowledgement. Yes acknowledgement and then that's where the magic phrase comes in and it isn't about the patriarch that says I'm really proud of you right it's about the person that believes in them that says aren't you proud of yourself for aren't you proud of yourself for and I have often challenged clients especially with teenagers to find something every single day that they can find in their child and tell them, aren't you proud of yourself? And I challenge them that if they do that for six weeks and it doesn't work, I'll pay their therapy the rest of their <laughs> life. <laughs> Never had anybody take me up on it. No takers, <laughs> no takers. When you mentioned this process, it, it sounds like that over the years of your practice and all the different therapies that you've worked through and whatnot, you've had a lot of books that have come across your path. What's a book or two that you gift to people? There are three books. Actually, I just thought of a fourth one. They are attached by Amir Levine, and that goes back to our style of how we attach to people in relationships. Mm. The book Quiet by Susan Cain, and it talks about being an introvert in the world, which is the minority of people, but in doing so, she also talks about extroverts, and that helps with most couples mm -hmm. and families. And then the last book, which is my favorite by far, is The Knight in Rusty Armor. What is that? It's, it's a fairy tale. But the fairy tale talks about somebody stuck in rusty armor and an inability to change. Mm. So that can be somebody stuck in work addiction, somebody stuck in an abusive relationship, 
all kinds of places we humans get stuck. And by explaining it in a hundred page fairy tale, it gives you some right between the eyes ways to stop what is stopping you in life. In a hundred pages. In a hundred pages. And the fourth? Is Broken Toys, Broken Dreams by Terry Kellogg. Mm -hmm. And one out of four people are addicted to some substance, so that leaves three people in their life that are affected by that addiction. Mm. So he talks about what it's like to be in that constellation in a family mm. because he says 97% of people come from a dysfunctional family and the other 3% are in denial. Right. So he talks about what that looks like and how to work out from under it. If you've ever wanted to see a family in denial, go to Thanksgiving. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you've been in business for a couple days. And during that time, you have shepherded several therapists into private practice. What's one piece of advice that they seldom listen to or they overlook? And that would be suggesting that they take a law and ethics course and they stay on top of that. Why is that? We're all businesses are risky, mm. and as many attorneys have told me that lawsuits are the order of business and you're not doing a good business if you haven't been sued at least once, right. which I hate hearing. <laughs> well, it is a marker of a, of a successful business. It's, you're not successful until you've been sued. Right. Back to the poppy syndrome. <laughs> so. Yes, and so I recommend that they take a class so that they can protect their business, protect their clients. And in my business, in the counseling with couples especially, somebody doesn't like you. Mm. And so it's about protecting yourself so you can continue in business. Mm. Is this a course that every business owner should be able to take, especially business owners that are small and can't afford an HR person or department? Yes, um, there are a number of firms in town that do an as-needed basis mm -hmm. HR coaching. Right. There are attorneys in town that also provide that. Cal State has the Kegley Institute, which supports people, mm -hmm. a nonprofit, and helps that. And hmm. then the SCORE, which SCORE. is retired uh, employers. They're a group of people over 60 and they coach businesses mm. and young people starting out in business and they help with law and ethics. What makes you wake up every morning and open your business? Two things, hope mm. for change for people and excitement to actually be part of people's lives cool. and watch them evolve. How so? I've been doing this 37 years and interestingly, I'm getting children and grandchildren of clients who came in and it's not quite as traumatic as it was for the parents or grandparents, but they're sending them in for coaching to prevent mm. major problems in their life. And so it's exciting to the, see the evolution of the effect I've had on people's lives. So you've got patients 
that you've worked with that are recognizing their red flags and their markers and they see it in their children and they're saying my children need help recognizing these flags and markers too. Yes. And they want it to stop by the second or third generation. <laughs> they hope. That's the hope of everything. So it's exciting for me to be placed in the scenarios of different people's lives for a moment in time and watch them evolve. So knowing that I get to be that intimate partner of them wakes me up every day with a chance to do it again. If visioneers want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Uh, the best way is by text, and that number is 661-342-1868. I also have an email, but all of the spam and the Coles and Macy's <laughs> fill it up, so that one's not so quick. But you have a website? I do, Joan Nolden Counseling. And social media? I don't. <laughs> She has a basket by the door, and the phones go in the basket. That's right. <laughs> well, Joan, this has been a real privilege. Thank you very much for joining us here on Small Business Celebration. Thank you for inviting me. And I'll be right back with my final thought. Do you want the lowest standard of care for your health? Wellness care is about reversing and preventing illness. Do you want to be managed by sick care or do you want to thrive from your health care? Call Dr. Hugh Beatty, MD, the wellness doc at 661-395-0315 or visit him at hubeatty.com and discover how you can transition from managed sick care to thriving with wellness care. Discover your wellness program that can help you get well, reduce and or eliminate the number of medications you're taking and feel alive again. Call the Wellness Doc at 661-395-0315 or visit him at hubay.com and get better. Call 661-395-0315 or visit him at h-u-g-h-b-e-a-t-t-y.com. Four is a preposition. One of the things many of you may or may not know about me is that my mother is a retired English teacher, a grammarian more specifically. Yes, she is one of those kinds of people that can draw out sentence trees all day long and absolutely love it. And I'm sure there are many times when she is listening or watching Small Business Celebration, she groans at my grammar or mispronunciation of this or that and the other thing. But one of the things that I did learn from her is that a preposition is anything a mouse can do to a box. A mouse can go over the box. A mouse can go around the box. The mouse can be against the box. But for is also a preposition. More specifically, our guest today with Joan Nolan, the licensed marriage family therapist, said something near the very end of the conversation. I don't know if it was intentional or not, but it was something that made me really think when I was driving home after our conversation. She said, and I quote, aren't you proud of yourself for? 
The context of this, of course, was that she was talking as a business owner, giving positive affirmation to their employee. The key is, aren't you proud of yourself for? The business owner is affirming that the deed that is done is good by the employee and connecting it to the action performed. This is something that is key. Often we as business owners like to tell our employees, good job, but we don't explain why. Four is very important. So as you go through, you find the good deed that your employee has done, make sure you connect the appreciation, the affirmation with the good deed. Aren't you proud of yourself for? I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Joel Nolan, the licensed marriage family therapist, and I hope you learned something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business, and we'll see you here again next week. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Celebration Podcast. Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond, and you might find more of Ted's music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. That's ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. If you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, subscribe to the Small Business Celebration Podcast at iTunes.com forward slash Small Business Celebration and give us a five-star review. Also, if there's a business you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on LinkedIn and Facebook and let us know. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration Podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business.